Welcome to Practically Christian. I'm Jake, and I'm here with Luke. Hi, guys. And Janelle. Hey. We share conversations that help you know Jesus more deeply and follow him more faithfully. The truth is, no one has arrived at Christ's likeness. To grow in that direction, we believe you need authentic relationships and biblical theology applied to your everyday life. We hope that you are encouraged to grow and to live out the biblical truths that we discuss on this episode. Let's get practical and dive into a conversation about singleness and how not to waste it. So a few years ago, I was applying uh, to a bunch of youth ministries when I got out of college with my youth ministry degree. And there was this really awkward moment for like two weeks where four of the places I'd applied to all got back to me at the same time. And they all called me and had conversations that went pretty close to, uh, that went pretty close to, so are you married? Would your wife want to lead the, the women's ministry? And my answer was, no, I'm single. And pretty uniformly, their answer was, well, my board would kill me if I hired a single youth pastor, so sorry. Um, and so that was like pretty disheartening in that. But I think it shows really some part of the American church that misunderstands what singleness is and where they view singleness as more of a stepping stone in life than as a like actual legitimate life path. Because if I never wanted to get married, which I'm kind of up in the air on, then I should be able to serve in the church just the same as a married person. And that goes true for every single person or married person. There shouldn't really be a big difference. Yeah, yeah I would say biblically there's even a case to be made that single people are especially qualified to serve in the church in some ways. Um, and and we'll get into that later, I'm sure. Yeah, but like Paul was single and Jesus was single. I think Jesus did ministry pretty well. <laughs> yeah, if those people were applying to youth pastor positions yeah. um, and they got rejected out of hand because they were single, what a loss. Yeah, it, it's kind of like, you know, Paul says even, I wish you were all single as I am so that you could be better at ministry. And it's just kind of like funny thinking about like how much the American church is focused on marriage um, and how, while marriage is an awesome thing, like how much of that is true to the Bible. So kind of just to jump in, from what you remember from being single, because I know both of you guys are obviously married, um, to each other. To each other, yeah. <laughs> what were the benefits of being single? What were like the opportunities? And then also, what were the challenges that you faced being single? Well, I feel like I'm not the most qualified person to talk about this because we did get married right after college, so it was almost like a straight transition from one thing to the next. Um, but I will say, when I was single, I had a lot more flexibility, like... I, all my decisions were based on mostly just what I thought I should do <laughs> and um, how that lined up with, you know, the Lord's will for me, as opposed to kind of the complexity now of being married. If I decided that I thought this job or something would be really great, it's not just a simple, well, I'll pick up and move. It's, 
um, kind of layered with, well, what would that look like for our family? What would that look like for Luke's job or whatever else? Mm-hmm. So I think it like layers that complexity on. Yeah, and just to add on, just another layer of the same idea. I remember, even when I was in college, even before we were married, but we were already dating and planning on getting married, um, watching other people do things and think, like, oh, that's a, that's a great idea, and oh, I, I can't do that now. Like, so, for example, just even, even like, little fun things, like people going on road trips or things like that, just picking up and, you know, drop of a dime, going on a road trip around the U.S. It's like, oh, yeah, like, if you're married, you can't do that. And I feel like, I feel like one of the things I didn't do well in being single was to take advantage of all the opportunity you have as a single person and all um, the freedom um, you have to just do things on the fly. Yeah, and that kind of goes into like how I am right now with the youth ministry where it's like sometimes some of the kids in the youth ministry are like, hey, we should get together and do this. And I'm like, okay, cool, let's do that on Friday. <laughs> and they're all like, okay, cool, let's do that. And then it's harder for people who are married. Like it's harder for you when I like ask like, hey, do you want to join the high school guys in doing this? And Yeah, I'm like, it, yes, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's so much more uh, to making decisions and planning mm-hmm. and a little less flexibility. Yeah. So then going to like your past singleness, what have been the, what were the challenges for you being single? And like, what were the emotional challenges as well? Like, Hmm. one of the things I think I really got wrong with singleness is viewing being single as this annoying stepping stone that you have to go through to get married. Um, So when I was in middle school and high school, uh, Janelle makes fun of me that I was a serial dater. Like, I was always dating someone or interested in someone, um, pursuing a girl, brokenhearted because I had just broken up with a girl or she had broken up with me. And that was basically the story of my middle school and high school years. And um, it's tragic looking back because I think there are so many good things about being single and so many things that, uh, I want to say, growth opportunities and things to take advantage of. And I think I kind of missed out on a lot of that because I was just so focused on finding someone to marry. And so um, part of my story is that my senior year of high school, I was in a pretty serious relationship with a girl for most of the school year. Uh, We went through this tough breakup. I was all emotionally despondent for weeks afterwards and almost even mad at God and praying about it, even though it wasn't God's fault I'd gotten into this relationship. (laughs) Um, And praying through it and like, God, I I don't want to ever go through this again, basically. Like, this stinks so bad. Like, please never let me go through this again. Like, I want the next girl I date to be the woman I marry. And uh, he pretty clearly spoke to me, telling me, like, don't date anyone for a year. (laughs) Which... Uh, was a big challenge for me because I had always been in a relationship and looking for relationships. And so I took that next year off of dating, which was really difficult for me because that was the year I was going off to college, going to Christian college. The joke at the Christian college was the ratio. The ratio is so awesome there. It was three for one ratio. (laughs) Three (laughs) girls for every one guy. (laughs) Um, Which is ridiculous. But um, yeah, but it was really hard for me to like step away from that emotionally. It was almost like emotionally I'd become addicted on having a relationship and being in a relationship to define who I was and my identity. And so I think that year was actually really, really healthy and necessary for me. And um, it's just this cool thing where 
this isn't like a guarantee. If you take a year off dating, you're going to find the person for you. But it was in that year that Janelle and I became friends and really started falling in love. But I think I was able to engage in our relationship more healthily because I wasn't looking to it to fill something up in me that was missing. Yeah, and I would say we got to know each other as friends that year. Mm -hmm. I don't think we actually fell in love that year. That's true. got to know each other at a deeper level because we weren't yeah we didn't even start dating until the next year so yeah yeah we were just friends well i think that kind of goes back to what we talked about last week of Mm -hmm. friendship and how important friendship is and i think that friendship is equally important for all of like singles and people who are dating and people who are married but it's a time when you're single that you can build up friendships in a unique way where you, you don't have those other commitments like we talked about, mm-hmm. where you can focus on those friendships more than you may be able to later. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Janelle, were there any challenges for you or things that you had a hard time with while you were single? Yeah, so I, in some ways, was the opposite of Luke. I was not interested in dating any of the people that I knew at all, <laughs> like all the way through middle school and high school. And I almost looked down on people who were dating. I almost had a little bit of a snobbery to my attitude of like oh that's so you're not gonna marry them so what are you even doing like this I don't know I I was I just looked down at people I thought of them as insecure if they were in relationships Mm -hmm. basically which isn't necessarily true but maybe is true just in general of middle school and high school students (laughs) all over the place and it definitely was true of you right (laughs) yeah so I was gonna say Janelle would have looked down on me I would have if she'd known me in high school (laughs) um yeah, we joke that we probably wouldn't have gotten together if we had known each other <laughs> in an earlier phase of our lives. Um, so, yeah, for me, I honestly, I felt like an odd duck in that I wasn't attracted to people. Like, all of my friends would be like, oh, this guy is so cute, and I, you know, and like, it, whether or crushes. not they were dating, they yeah. had crushes. Yeah. And I just didn't, and I felt like I was really weird in some ways. Like, in some ways, I was kind of that snob arrogant side of like I'm not like you um on the other side I was I think like a little insecure or questioning like why am I not normal like other people Mm, in my age category or whatever so yeah I would say my singleness like wasn't focused on the fact that I was single if that makes sense for most of it it wasn't like I wished I was in relationships with people and I couldn't be or that I had relationships and they had ups and downs it was just I wasn't interested. And part of that might have been I was an exchange student my junior year, so maybe part of it was, like, you know, my sophomore year of high school, I was looking forward to going away my junior year, come back my senior year, and I'm looking forward to going to college, Mm -hmm. kind of thing, where it was kind of, it broke up my high school experience, where there was no possibility Mm -hmm. of kind of a long-term relationship, or I had a different focus. Mm -hmm. I think part of your story of, like, kind of talking about people when they're single kind of, I don't know, obsessing or being really interested in future relationships. And we're going to talk about in a little bit of what does it look like to do singleness well. And I think that is part of not doing it well is where even when you're single, obsessing about relationships that could be. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like a waste of the time. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. It's one of my regrets. (laughs) So we talked about a little bit earlier uh, with my story about like how the church can sometimes get singleness wrong. What are some ways that the church gets singleness right? So I would say one thing that comes to mind 
And I know that it's been abused, so if you have been scarred by purity culture, I'm sorry. But I will say um, the church puts an emphasis on purity for single people um, that sometimes it ignores for married people. Yeah, which is strange. So so that's really weird. (laughs) But I do feel like we are called to purity, and as Christians, in a sense, we are married to God um, we've given a commitment of our lives and our hearts, our souls, our whole being belongs to someone, not our, not just up to, it's not just up to us, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So I think the emphasis on purity, and, I, and again, I want to recognize that it's not always been emphasized well or in healthy ways or in ways that are filled with God's truth and grace, but that emphasis on purity, I would say, um, is something that the church tries to differentiate from the general American culture, which is kind of like, you're single, you're free, no, nothing's barred for you. So mm-hmm. explore your sexuality and do whatever you want and party if you want, because you don't have responsibilities that keep you from doing these things. And I, I feel like um, the church does say, no, singleness still has to do with holiness. Mm-hmm. So I think like one of the things you're kind of getting to is that the church understands that singleness is an important time that's not just kind of like frivolous Hmm. do whatever you want to do and that they still kind of have expectations for people who are single where they you know are moving forward maybe not towards marriage but like they're moving forward in their lives they're not just Hmm. not just young and hanging out yeah yeah i feel like we almost do like the the idea that adolescence is a created category from recent history that it's not always been a category where it's almost like you're old enough to do stuff but you can just play and have fun right now because you're still under the supervision of Mm -hmm. your parents it's almost like that attitude applied to singleness Mm -hmm. when you are maybe taking care of your own bills Mm -hmm. at that point but it's almost like you have no life ties Mm -hmm. that require morality from you or something Mm -hmm. which i think is really unhealthy but i would say on the flip side i think the church always treats singleness as a stepping stone to future marriage. And I Mm -hmm. think that's, that's something that we wanted to talk about on this podcast, that that's not a biblical view. Yeah. I think churches in general have gotten better at that in recent years. I've heard a lot more talk of recognizing singleness as, um, a valid, I want to say like separate pathway of life. (laughs) Like it's not like everyone should get married. And if you don't, you're weird. Um, I think it still is that way to too much of an extent, but I think there has been some recognition and change in that direction. So I also applaud and recognize that as a good change in churches and ministries. Definitely. So, um, I kind of went through and came up with like five things that are important to focus on or do while you're single. Mm -hmm. Um, these are kind of things that I've been trying to focus on. So maybe that's a little bit just of me, but, um, they're use extra time well and like the flexibility well and use it productively and not, you know, I have all this extra time. I'm going to watch eight hours of YouTube, but you know, I I have this extra time. How can I pour into these other people or help this person or build myself in some way? Um, Yeah. I want to say, um, I think sometimes people think of singleness as a young person thing. And it's not. You could be single and 55 <laughs> or whatever. And um, and I, I want to say there have been various people in our lives who are single 
And they've been able to bless us in certain ways because we're not taking them away from their family mm-hmm. to um, kind of use their service in our lives, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, we've had um, older ladies who are single who will come, like, watch our kids for us or something like that. Um, and it's just been a huge blessing to us that we're not taking away from their family in order for them mm-hmm. to serve us in that way. So, yeah. yeah, one of our friends, Seth, is in our small group and has been a huge help to our family in general or helping me out in um, different ways, like helping out ministry for him, but just personally too. Like if I need a hand, it's like in general, I can call him. He's like, yeah, I, I either am available or could make myself available pretty easily. And um, yeah, that's not like you're single automatically, you're willing to serve. Like I think you have to cultivate that heart mm-hmm. and choose to live that way. But I think it's really cool when I see that. I really appreciate and respect that. And the singles we know. Yeah. And I think that the next one kind of jumps kind of on that as well of investing in friendships where, um, Scott McKnight in his book, one life says, just because you're single doesn't mean you get to be loveless, mm-hmm. right? Like you, your friendship should be full of love and that involves investing your time well in your friends and kind of doing, you know, what we talked about last week. Um, and then building each other, uh, building others up, is a big just being able to encourage people when you have the time to think and to be around others, right? When you're already doing that to encourage them in their situations. Uh, And then a really cool one is to focus on your relationship with God. Like Paul even talks about this and we'll get there in a little bit of like, what does it look like to be single? And a lot of it looks like you have a lot of time to focus on your relationship with God and what he wants for you. Yeah, and I I would say even not just your focus, but your priorities. There's no other priorities competing for your attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, finally is uh, to cultivate accountability, where it's really easy in singleness to, as you're kind of like, don't really have that many things that are tying you down, to at the same time use that in a bad way and not be accountable to people and like have unhealthy things in your life go unchecked. Uh, unless you like purposely get people to hold you accountable in yeah. those. And I feel like if you're in a relationship that, that deep kind of relationship, that Christian brotherhood, I want to say, um, that, that gives a door to accountability because you kind of have to be open mm-hmm. in order to mm-hmm. have that accountability. And I think in a marriage, it's not a question, right? If I were to spend a bunch of money um, with a shopaholic, which is actually totally opposite of my personality. But if, if that were a flaw in my heart and I were to bring a bunch of expensive stuff home, there's going to be an automatic, you know, check with Luke asking yeah, like, it's like, there's no way that can stay secret. Yeah. That's not going to be a secret thing. Um, mm-hmm. whereas with a single person, no one's saying like, Oh, did you balance your, your checking account recently <laughs> or mm-hmm. anything like that? It's just kind of all on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, paint the picture, what does it look like to be single well? What does that kind of person embody? Mm-hmm. You've already gotten at this with your attributes you went through, Jake, but I would say I think to single well means to um, really make the church family like your closest community. So whether that's a small group you're in or just friendships you form in the church community or a service area, like a certain area you serve in, and then developing friendships with the other people that serve in that area, I think 
Um, to single well means to take advantage of the fact that you don't have these uh, big priorities that you also have to give yourself to, and so to prioritize giving yourself to service and ministry of some kind. Yeah, I really appreciate the idea of like being single well looks like being attached to the church community, and it looks like being in some ways the bride of Christ like the church is supposed to be where while a married couple is supposed to do that together, a single person should be doing that just as well. Mm-hmm. I would say if I could paint a picture of a healthy single person, they would have a certain version of contentment about their single status. And not to say that if you desire a relationship that you're immature, because I don't, I don't believe that at all. I think you can have a strong desire to be in a relationship and get married and yet have a certain kind of contentment. So I don't know, I don't know how I would describe that contentment because it's not saying that you don't want to be married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a kind of, but it's maybe not obsessing about yeah. it or focusing on your energy and thoughts and dreams on that. Yeah. One yeah. Definitely not obsessing and, and maybe just even having an openness to the fact that the Lord's timetable is different than what you want, mm-hmm. but cultivating a contentment in that, you know, unfortunate experience of not getting what you want right when you want it. Yeah. And I think there's a, a way of like being single well looks like being content with being single forever if need be, where you're in a place where your relationship with God and your relationship with the church and with others is healthy enough to get you through life. You know, like you're not losing out because you're not in a relationship and that actually kind of builds the block for being in a healthy relationship mm-hmm. where you should be the same things. You should be content so that you know who you are and what you're working towards. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I believe very strongly that the Bible teaches against uh, what I would call a very secular idea that you know, in a marriage relationship, you complete each other, that there's something missing in you that you find in your soulmate or something like that. I think the biblical view is that no, like you are a complete person and God fills you up and then you in a marriage relationship complement each other, but you don't <laughs> fill missing holes that <laughs> yeah. you, you complement, you don't complete. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what if we wanted to paint a different picture? What does it look like to be single poorly? High school Luke. <laughs> 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 Well, at least you prayed about it and were open to the Lord's leading. (laughs) I think she's praying for herself. Yeah, I I mean, that is the first thing that comes to mind, is I think to simply be obsessed about finding someone and dating someone or marriage and just looking forward to that and not not being present and um, taking advantage of this special stage of life God has called you into. And I would say any abuse of the freedoms that you have. Um, I think that's also a biblical concept of like, you're free, but not just for whatever you're free for a purpose. You've been bought with a price. So, um, yeah, treating your freedom, the singleness freedom that you do have, um, with a respect and like a, I don't know, a submission to what God wants you to do with that freedom that you have. Yeah. I think that another one is like the idea of going through life single and not having close attachments to other people 
and not being accountable to other people where you can kind of become weird in a way where like you have like where you have these tendencies that aren't ever put in check Mm-hmm. And then you like those become like who you are, and you become very particular about them. Kind of like the Reddit of singleness, where you become just obsessed with something or with like part of who you are. And it's like, no, it's not cool to collect cats. You shouldn't have a hundred of them. Like, yeah. you know, but like in a different, yeah. in that way, but also in you know um, any number of ways mm-hmm. where people can go overboard in their personal interests yeah. without any mitigating or like factors to keep them not weird not weird yeah (laughs) (laughs) so one thing that I think God uses singleness for is as this place in life whether it's long term short term or forever where you can focus on the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. right so Janelle's going to read us a passage uh, from 1 Corinthians 7, 32 through 35, and kind of get Paul's words on singleness. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. Yeah, and I think Paul right here gets to this idea of singleness is great, marriage is great, And either way, the goal is to be devoted to God, either as a single person or together in a marriage. But there's like a unique opportunity to singleness. So, Luke, as a married man, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how do you feel that getting married has shifted your, divided your interests, I want to say? Like, what what does that practically look like in your life? And I know it would be different for different people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the main everyday kind of concern that comes up is just the division of time. Like you hear a lot of people talking about um, the balance of family and work, um, work and family life. And I think in ministry in some ways that's just intensified, although I'm sure there's many other jobs that that feel the same way. But uh, for me, ministry has this weird thing where there's always, always more you could do. It's like, your job is discipling people. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are endless ways to do that. And, you know, like, there's always more need than you have time in the day. So, on the one hand, you have this ministry job that's, like, could never stop. And you're always on call with it, too. And then at home, when you think about, like, being a good parent and being a good spouse in some ways, too, it's like, that's also a never-ending job. And, like, little kids love tanks always need filling and there's always something to be done in the home or dishes to wash or meal to be made or groceries to be shopped for. So I just uh, often feel like a tension of, am I, oh man, am I cheating the church out of some of my time and attention because I'm spending too much time at home and oh no, now now am I, (laughs) 
<laughs> am I neglecting my, my kids and not giving them the attention? And now I'm home and I'm distracted though because youth group's tonight and I'm thinking about my message instead of being present with my kids. So um, I think that's just a daily reality and I, there's no easy answers. It's like a tension you have to live with, but that's how it works for me. And Paul doesn't give an answer to that. He says, this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Thinking about the ideas of like what is like what it looks like to grow deeper in faith and in relationship with God. I was looking at Psalm one nineteen eight through sixteen. I think this is kind of what Paul is thinking about when he thinks about you know focusing on God. Uh, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wonder from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Yeah, so I think this paints just like the picture that Paul would be thinking of when you're single, this is what you can do. You can put all of your focus and attention towards doing ministry better, relating to God better, um, and then you don't have the divided attention thing. And just to clarify too, like we keep using the word do ministry and serve in the church, and we don't want to give you the idea like I'm a pastor and... Um, but we're not saying like everyone needs to be a pastor. Like Paul's writing this to the, the church in Corinth. Like they're not all pastors. He's writing to you like maybe one or two of them are elders in the church, but the rest of them are just regular everyday church folk. And he's saying to all of us, like there's stuff in the kingdom of God that we should be about and, and have work to do for God. Yeah. So then here's a two part question coming off of this is what can the church do as not just like the physical church or like the pastors of the church, but the church body do to assist single people in their daily lives and in their relationship with God? And then also how can they utilize single people's strengths and the extra time that they have well in the church? The first thing that comes to my mind is like, going off of what you said, Jake, about like having more time in general or more flexibility in time. And I wonder if um, it would be good if churches offered more just informal gatherings more often. You know, like movie nights, board game nights, just more just general fellowship opportunities for people to hang out. I don't know, just spitballing. Yeah, I think... I think um, a lot of ministries try to do, um, I don't want to say targeted ministry, so they'll do like a singles ministry or a, you know, mops, like mothers of preschoolers. or like. And I think those things have value and there's a place for that. But I would also say because singleness is not just a stage that's a stepping stone to marriage, I feel like it can be dangerous to do that because what if you're a 45 year old single person and the singles ministry is mostly for, (laughs) you know, 20 somethings who are looking for, you know, a date on their, on their singles Mm -hmm. retreat or whatever. I just feel like, um, 
I feel like the integration, I want to say intergenerational, um, kind of crossing different genres of families and lives, um, in the church is part of our mission and, and cultivating environments for that contact would be important. Okay. I mean, just like schools have benefits of having people in a certain grade, there's benefits to that, but then there's actually some disadvantages too. Yeah. Disadvantages from not having contact with younger and older students. Okay. Yeah. And similarly jumping off of that, like there's a family in our church who I think does a really great job of, I want to say almost like adopting people into their family and um, having them over for dinner regularly and including them in the family. And I think that's almost what you're getting at, Janelle, of like if more people in the church community in general, like people who have families um, would include and invite some of the singles in the church community to, in essence, join their family or kind of be informally adopted into the family and Mm -hmm. just join in and things like we're trying to grow in that and have grown a little bit, but um, I think that's an important thing too. Yeah, and that's a mutually beneficial thing too, right? Like if we think about the book Sticky Faith, which says if you have kids that you want to have five Christian influences that are adults in their life, and so you can involve singles in your life, and then also those singles can help your family grow deeper and be more focused on Christ mm-hmm. in that same way, yeah. right? It's kind of a symbiotic relationship. Well, and honestly, I want my kids to have models of people who are single because they might be single. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if their only model of an adult is married adults, um, I think there's going to be a gap in their kind of education, their mm-hmm. life on life education. So what are some ways that the church could utilize the specific, like, the specific the things that are specific to singleness hire them (laughs) (laughs) i'm just joking (laughs) but those churches did miss out on an awesome youth pastor just want to put that out there like one of the ones that i think about is the ability to have ministries that meet more regularly that do ministry to out out of church ministry right like you can get singles to help with things that have a lot more commitment involved. So I have a friend in Wisconsin who, she uh, helps pack food that they send to Africa. And she's there pretty consistently and is able to do this ministry that it would be really much harder to do in a married relationship where, you know, you go pack rice and beans for four hours would be kind of a difficult thing with four kids or two kids or one kid, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I would say even, even if you're just married with no kids, I feel like there is, people have different interests and different gifts. And a lot of times there's a little bit of tension there as far as like, you're taking away time that you could be spending together. And is that good at at just like a harder discernment process than Mm -hmm. I'm leaving my couch alone in the living room? Oh no. (laughs) So. Yeah. I don't know if we want to go in this direction too, but we could weigh in and, and talk briefly about the reason why perhaps some of those churches wouldn't consider you Jake. And like, cause I think there are some valid concerns about, um, singles in certain positions. Yeah. Singles in certain positions or ministering alone as a single person mm-hmm. has some disadvantages as far as 
accountability and yeah. um, safety and things like that. So, like, I guess almost my question is, like, are there certain things you don't want singles involved in, or should it be across the board? I mean, really obviously, I think it would be really weird if a single person who had never been married was leading the marriage ministry, like the married couples ministry. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it just wouldn't work out as well, right? They wouldn't have the knowledge mm-hmm. behind it. I'll say I think the accountability thing is the question. Yeah. Because I think mm-hmm. with the, the youth pastor question, if you have a small church and you have a youth pastor and he's the only leader in the mm-hmm. room... Like, who's to say if he's hitting on the mm-hmm. high school kids? Like, we don't mm-hmm. know. I just feel like that's... But that's it's more a, of an accountability it's question. Yeah. It's not like you can't have that position. Yeah. Um, but it would be something where you want accountability in that position. Mm-hmm. And that's just a healthy thing. And I think that's healthy whether or not the youth pastor is married. Because yeah. Yeah, obviously say. sexual yeah. sin is not relegated to only single people. Yeah. Plenty of married people have had terrible sexual sins and other other major issues too yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say so if the question is like how could churches better utilize single people like maybe we need to think through our accountability systems and processes Mm -hmm. and just make sure those are in place and then because those are in place and functioning well like to feel more freedom or um, to invite more singles to take part in more ministries Mm -hmm. definitely one of the things I would encourage uh, you if you're single is uh, a saying that comes from Andy Stanley, which is instead of trying to find the right person, focus on becoming the right person or to expand that um, to focus on becoming the kind of person that the kind of person you're looking for is looking for. <laughs> so if you think about if you're a single person and you do want to get married um, or you hope that that might happen in the future, um, Think about like all the qualities you would want in a future spouse and then turn that around to, okay, if you found that person, what kind of person would that person be attracted to and want to spend their life with? And are you that kind of person right now? And if not, uh, what needs to change to become that kind of person? I think that can be a helpful exercise. Yeah. And in a similar way, if you're single and aren't interested in getting married, think about what Janelle said earlier about she wants single people that her kids can look up to mm-hmm. if well, you should focus on cultivating the attributes that other people who have kids would want their kids to grow up to be like if they are single too mm-hmm. yeah that's a great quote. so moving forward to the application there's two this week depending on what situation if, if you're like, single or, or not yeah, yeah if you're yeah. single or not so If you are single, how can you as a single person use your time more effectively? And then if you're not single, then how can you empower and support the single people that you know? Well, how about you, Jake? Yeah, I think for me, I need to use my time to do more personal growth. Mm-hmm. where I think when I am using my time effectively, it's usually focused on other people and not focused on building myself into a better person uh, or into someone who follows God closer. And it's like when I focus on myself, it's like I'm reading novels, which is not a bad thing, but you know, I should use some of that time to focus on how to become more like God and more mm-hmm. in tune with him. Mm-hmm. What would that look like? Um, yeah, 
I think that that would look like taking more time to contemplate those ideas. Because especially in America, you know, today, it's really easy to have all of your time filled. And I think, like, honestly, it would look like me going on a long walk every once in a while and just contemplating things and thinking about life and what I'm doing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, for me, I want to be cognizant in my conversations with single people that they feel affirmed that they're complete people and that they're valued and precious and um, that they're not, yeah, I want to say only worth what, I don't know, I feel like people have almost like a marketplace mentality Mm -hmm. and like singleness is like the goods that weren't bought or something like that, which I think is so unhealthy. But because that messaging is so strong out there, I think I would want to do the contrary message of you are precious and you are loved and you don't need to be completed. Like you, we can celebrate you for who you are and for where you are and not, Mm -hmm. you know, only celebrate if you, and I think the same thing could be true of various phases of life that we, you know, we prioritize people with kids over people who can't have kids or don't want to have kids Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. So I think just affirming people where they are and making that a part of my intentional kind of relational mindset when I talk to singles. Yeah, mine goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I really admire that family who is intentional about including others and incorporating them into family life. And uh, we've started to do that some, but it just want to continue that trend even though it is a busy phase I want to we want to be the kind of family and home that has lots of people but also especially includes and provides like a secondary family for those singles in our community I think especially in America with how transient people are and people by, by that I just mean people move around so a lot of people aren't even connected to their family family <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like their yeah. their genetic family or whatever you want to say their biological biological family that's the word <laughs> so giving that opportunity for people to be connected in deep ways to families that are actually physically close by mm-hmm. yeah so um same as us think about the like this question and these other questions and discuss them with the people you know and bring these up and Kind of going back to what we talked about last week, have deep conversations, build your friendships, and like dive deep while you're doing things together and have the deep discussions so that you can become more like Christ. So Jake, would you pray over our listeners that they would cultivate those five things that you listed? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Lord, thank you for... Um, the people listening and just, you know, having the body of Christ as a family, um, whether people are single or married, that we're all part of one family. Please help um, the people who are single to use their time well, uh, to invest in others, and to focus on the relationship with you and cultivate accountability with those around them, even though it's a difficult thing to do. Uh, and please help the people who aren't single to include the people who are single in the church and in their lives and not to feel separate from each other as singles and non-singles but as one body in Jesus name Amen Amen